and welcome to Re-Energize. This is the monthly podcast from the world-leading offshore renewable energy catapult in the UK. Here you'll discover emerging tech and offshore renewables and learn the latest plans for harnessing the world's natural resources and cleaning up the Energy Act. I'm Claire Canning, Offshore Wind Growth Partnership Programme Manager here at the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult. As the offshore wind industry continues to grow at a record pace, it's important to realise that the speed of commercialisation is not always a possibility for every SME. With 50% of startups failing in the first four years, ORE Catapult has recognised the need to improve the route to market for all SMEs in the offshore renewable energy sector. As a result, we have a variety of programmes available for small enterprises, including the Launch Academy, Fit for Offshore Renewables and the Offshore Wind Growth Partnership. Amid COVID-19, we're recording remotely with all of our participants working at home today. And I'm going to pass over to the guests and let them introduce themselves. So you go ahead, Andy. Hey, I'm Andy McDonald. I'm the Programme Director at the Offshore Wind Growth Partnership. And Ralph? My name is Ralph Tor. I'm the Programme Manager for the Fit for Offshore Renewables Programme. And Andrew? Uh, Andrew Tipping. I'm the Programme Manager for the Launch Academy. So... Moving on to the discussion, so let's go ahead and discuss each program individually. Um, so we'll talk about the who, what, where, why and how of all these different programs. Um, so I guess I'll each let each of you give a sort of 60 second um, overview of, of the program. So Andy, if you could give us a, a brief 60 second elevator pitch of the Offshore Wind Growth Partnership. So the, the Offshore Wind Growth Partnership came about as, as part of the offshore wind sector deal last year. And the, the aim of it is really to support UK companies to help deliver to the targets of the, uh, the sector deal. So the sector deal committed to a 60% UK content and UK projects, along with uh, annual exports of 2.6 billion by 2030. And the growth partnership's role is, is to really help companies to achieve those aims. The, the programme itself is funded by the members of the Offshore Wind Industry Council and the uh, uh, delivery of that programme is done by ORE Catapult. Great, okay, thanks. And Ralph, if you could give us a brief overview of the Fit for Offshore Renewables programme. The Fit for Offshore Renewables programme is a collaborative venture between the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult and the Nuclear NAMRC. The programme has been developed uh, to support organisations who have identified offshore renewable energy as an opportunity for growth for that organisation. They might be an organisation who is already involved in offshore renewable energy uh, but looking to grow within that or they might be working in a, in a sector that's uh, related to offshore renewables, for example, uh, automotive, uh, but interested in transitioning into the offshore renewable energy sector and are looking for some support to do that. The fundamental principle of the program um, is a kind of an assessment and mentorship program. So we work with organisations to understand what kind of capability they have versus the expectation of the sector. And then we support them uh, to develop that capability where, where it needs to be developed um, to achieve uh, what the sector is looking for. And Andrew, if you could give a, just an update on the or an overview of the Launch Academy. Yeah, so the Launch Academy is all about launching new technologies and ideas into the offshore renewables market. Um, we're looking to enhance the UK supply chain by bringing novel ideas that will help um, improve our industry, whether that's through cost reduction, risk reduction, or improving efficiency. 
we're looking for novel ideas and concepts from from companies um, in the UK who are looking to to bring something to market. And so the Launch Academy puts a number of services um, around companies who've gone through a competitive process to be selected. And we we try to provide the complete ecosystem to support successful commercialization. So that can be looking both at the business from a technology point of view, but also from a from a business growth point of view. So we're helping companies with things like their IP, their accounts, their legal strategy, um, whilst we're also helping on the side of looking at their technology, making sure that they're taking all the right steps to get it to market, making sure that their business case stacks up from an offshore wind perspective. And so at the end of this you know, nine-month program, the, the companies will be uh, hopefully investor-ready, supply chain-ready and, and equipped for growth so that we're helping them cross those final few hurdles to make it through to um, successful commercialization. Thanks very much. Um, that was quite a long 60 seconds. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so I feel something that's really coming across through this discussion is, is the passion that you have for the sector and for helping companies. So I'm keen to, to understand why, why did you personally want to work in this area, supporting SMEs and supporting the supply chain to grow? What was your, what was your key area of interest? Uh, having worked with a number of small, medium-sized enterprises, I, I think the the difference in context of working in an organisation that size, uh, whether you're at the earliest stage or well-established, the difference in context between that and working in one of the kind of major owner-operators, I mean, these organisations are so far away from one another in terms of size and scale and, and their operation. Um, and, and yet they're so, it's so important that they work effectively with one another because uh, large organizations can't do a whole host of things that small organizations can't and vice versa. And so, yeah, I guess a personal motivation having worked in both large organizations and small is to try and do what I can to make that relationship as, um, as mutually beneficial as possible because it, it absolutely needs to exist, that relationship, and it needs to be a really positive and healthy one. So. You know, having having had involvement on either side, um, yeah, personally quite keen to, you know, to use that experience to make sure that can support the, these two types of organisations working with one another. Cool. Thanks, Ralph. And same question to the two Andys. Yeah, I mean, from, from my perspective, you know, it's, it's very much about seeing the sector mature and, and this being a fantastic opportunity to, to get some real structure and, and impetus into making UK companies competitive and to, to win more contracts. I think the, the UK has done a you know fantastic job in terms of leading, in terms of deployment and, and uh, capacity. I think we need to build on that and make sure that uh, we're benefiting from the growth that, that companies can gain from, from being in the sector. And I think that you know all three of these programmes provide a framework make that happen in a, in a very targeted way and that's you know incredibly satisfying to see companies benefit from that and and to be able to to help them to to really achieve great things just from a from a personal perspective um you know i like to see things happen i like i like i like change i like innovation working with entrepreneurs is it's exciting right it's like you're working with somebody who's got this great technology they're trying to get it into the market and you can in some way be involved in that journey and, and help them realize that, you know, that passion of theirs, their dream to, 
to change things for the better, to bring some new innovation that improves the efficiency of our of our low carbon energy um, infrastructure. I think it's yeah, it's something that's that's really quite exciting. And um, my day to day of working with all these different entrepreneurs, seeing what challenges they're facing. Um, and the difficulty that they have in terms of getting the airtime in front of the end users, you know, I wanted to build a program that would make their lives easier and and help them on that journey as much as possible. Because, you know, they're they're the the small agile companies are the ones who are able to do things more radically and and come up with some of these more blue sky ideas that can make a real material difference. And so, you know, they need to be looked after and and helped on the, on their journey as much as possible and so yeah no it's, it's a huge privilege to work with these types of companies across the different programs can you give an indication of what ori catapult specific role is um in in the, the different projects and if there's any key partners that are involved as well with launch academy the catapult's role is um we're the program manager so we help we, we've set up the whole thing we've pulled in all the partners and we'll be uh, account managing the companies as they come through the program, making sure they're getting looked after and they're getting the service they need. There are a huge number of different partners within the program because we're trying to tackle both technology development and business growth support. Um, so we not only have Siemens and Red Rock and Scottish Power and Keybridge offering the industry, um, the industry focus, we've also got uh, a, a bunch of very capable partners um, on the business develop uh, business growth side. So we've got um, Murgatroyds, who are a well-regarded um, IP specialists. Uh, we've got Shepard and Wedderburn, um, who are providing legal support. Uh, we're also working with the MTC on manufacturing readiness, and uh, and Barclays Eagle Labs are, are providing support in terms of running events out of their out of their spaces. Um, and uh, we have BDO, also uh, a very highly regarded accountancy firm, providing tax advice and R&D tax credit support and all this type of information to the, to the company. So quite a number of partners involved in the program. So we've got a, a, a large number of specialists who all um, contribute to provide that complete ecosystem to support technology commercialization. And Ralph, could you kind of give us a uh, sort of indication of what Ori Catapult's role is with Fitfor. Are, are, are Ori Catapult leading that program? And what's the sort of relationship with the, the nuclear AMRC in, in delivering that? So it's a collaboration between the Ori Catapult and the nuclear AMRC. Um, the nuclear AMRC have been running the Fit for Nuclear program in the nuclear industry for, for quite a while. And we collaborated with them about 18 months ago to try and take that concept and deploy it in the offshore renewable energy industry. So uh, yeah, very much collaborative effort. Um, the work that the Catapult have done is, is, to, is to work to develop the concept from the Fit for Nuclear program uh, and, and understand how the program needs to be developed and modified to address the needs of the offshore renewable energy industry. So. We spent quite a lot of time with our industry advisory group, understanding what the scope of the program needed to cover and what standard needed to be achieved. Uh, and then we used the Fit for Nuclear model uh, and developed that to meet the needs um, of the industry. But yeah, very much a collaborative venture, uh, both in terms of developing the program and also the delivery is a, is a collaborative with the Nuclear AMRC focusing on the business excellence parts of the program and the ORE Catapult focusing on the more sector specific elements. 
And if the OWGP, so you mentioned that Ori Catapult are leading this sort of development and the delivery of, of that program. Um, are there any other sort of key partners or key stakeholders that are involved? Obviously, it's being funded by the Offshore Wind Industry Council. So how does that kind of relationship work? If I can just step back briefly and, and uh, describe what the growth partnership is, is, is doing. And then if we look at what uh, the different roles of the different partners within it. Uh, so, so the, the growth partnership there is to, to help with the competitiveness and productivity of UK supply chain companies. Um, the, the growth partnership has a budget of £100 million over a 10-year period, so it's a long-term investment in the supply chain. Um, and the things that we can do are that we, we can do some analysis to understand how to best spend that funding. We can then follow that by either providing grants or providing advisory services to companies to, to help them improve. So in other words, providing real expertise into companies in order for them to grow. The way that we do that is really by firstly understanding what the requirements are. Um, so speaking a lot through the clusters and the different regions and uh, asking what the supply chain needs in terms of improving its competitiveness. And in, in doing that, we're also looking to other sectors. So we're looking to aerospace, and we're looking to automotive in terms of what programs have been successful for them. Um, so if you put that all together, the, the role of uh, ORE Catapult is really to deliver that overall service. So it's about using the skills that we have within the Catapult to understand the sector and understand the needs of companies, but then using our program management skills, actually run and develop a program all the way from actually understanding who the partners are to deliver through to identifying the companies um, where the program is going to have uh, most impact. So our role is really pulling that all together to make sure that the overall program uh, is a success and has the maximum impact uh, possible. Why were these programs introduced, do you think? Was there, any, was there a key driver that led to, to the development of these specific programs? For example, OWGP, I know, was something that came out of the, the, the offshore wind sector deal to help UK businesses to grow and develop and to help with some of the UK content commitments. Was there anything, you know, for, for Andrew, for example, for the Launch Academy, was there a specific driver for, for this programme? Was it there had been successful accelerators in other sectors, for example, that, that, that drove this to, to be developed in the offshore wind? Yeah, so I think bringing a technology to market is, is, is challenging and mm -hmm. it's challenging in any sector. What we could see, and certainly in, in offshore renewables, that there was there was, you know, bits of support here and there, um, but nothing that was comprehensive that would tackle both the technology side and the business um, growth side at the same time. So you were doing them um, disparately, and yeah, this was challenging for companies, like looking for help, uh, you know, from all different places, trying to get grants here and there, and, and it was a, a very time-consuming um, way and a, and a risky way to bring a technology to market. And so we could see in our sector, um, you know, there's one of the great challenges that innovators face is actually getting their technology in front of the end user and getting their buy-in. And once you get that, that's a, that's a key stage to, you know, your successful commercialization because you've got, you've got an end user, you've got a buyer, you've got a customer. And so... What we try to do, or what we've what we've aimed to do, is to bring the, the the customers closer to the innovators and help them find the most promising ones. 
and um, in that way, they've been much more keen to. Well, they've been been really, you know, really engaged in the program, and um, because we're we're helping them to find these most promising solutions. So, what we've seen in in other sectors, um, the oil and gas industry has a fantastic program called um, TechX, which is a, again, it's an industry focused accelerator, um, and with an industry focused accelerator, they tend to have stronger outcomes for the companies involved because the partners involved in the program are interested that they're in the industry already. You've got a route to market for the companies coming through and the support being delivered is very tailored compared to a generic accelerator that was say technology agnostic. And so we looked at what was being done in oil and gas with TechX and spent a lot of time and, and had a huge amount of help actually from, from the OGTC um, and helping to set this up for offshore renewables and as far as I'm aware, there's no, no, no equivalent program like this anywhere in the world um, for supporting technology commercialization, where you have that one-stop shop offering you um, all the services you need to de-risk your technology and your business on that journey to commercialization. So it really came out of um, identifying a, a key gap in the market for, for this one-stop comprehensive service, um, rather than having lots of bits of the puzzle that, that companies would have to go after. Um, we tried to bring it all together and we, we could see a real need for that, working with the number of SMEs we do each year. Um, they're all going through the same challenges. And so, so we saw, you know, this, thought this was something that, that could address those. Yeah, if I can, if I can add to that, Claire, that I, th I think it's, it's worth, you know, looking at the three different programs side by side and, and understanding that the need for each one is driven by a, a slightly different a, a time in the development of that uh, company. So, so Launch Academy is very much focused at a innovators and, and companies with new technology and it's, it's about helping them really to, to grow that technology and, and go through those first commercialization steps. Fit for Offshore, a renewables program is, is very much about enabling companies to meet all the requirements so that they can bid for work. So it's, it's about getting them ready, getting them set up, you know, enabling them uh, to be successful and, and positioning in, in, in the right place to, to get them going into the sector. And then the, the growth partnership is very much about existing supply chain companies, how to make them competitive and, and how to, you know, enable them to, to be successful and, and to grow. So you've kind of got three steps there. Um, we're not necessarily seeing companies going from one to the next to the next, but it's about recognizing that the catapult is trying to support companies at each of these stages because we need to support companies at each of these stages in order to achieve the overall sector growth that we're we're looking for. So when companies are coming to us, it's, it's very much about understanding what their needs are and then understanding and, and helping them to identify the program that would be most suited to the stage that they're at. Okay, so obviously it's important that each individual company coming through these programs benefit. How do you see the wider industry benefiting from these programs? Do you foresee improvements to the supply chain, for example? What, where do you see the, the wider benefit? As, as far as Launch Academy is concerned, um, we've got our industry sponsors and um, you know, from, from their perspective, they're getting to see new innovations coming through that will hopefully improve their um, 
performance in terms of you know improving efficiency or improving risk um, safety health and safety or output from their farms so the wider benefit from them is is you know potentially reducing the cost of of offshore wind of, of improving safety and increasing efficiency um, it's also helping them to deliver on their ambitions to um, secure greater UK content. You know, that goes wider in terms of you know, enhancing UK supply chain because this, this program is all about providing the platform and elevating the companies within the UK to, to the end users and to their potential customers um, so that you know, their, their technology is being seen and is being supported and, and taken to market. And, and yeah, the, the sponsors involved in the program get to see a whole host of different innovations coming through. So that gives them ideas about the direction of travel um, for technology innovation in our sector. And they get to also set the agenda as well by offering up their own innovation challenges. So with the latest Launch Academy, we had Siemens Gamesa running a number of challenges around novel sensors and Red Rock Power ran a number of challenges, one to do with removing technicians from underneath heavy loads, another to do with um, optimizing uh, profitability from, from wind farms um, in a post-subsidy world. So they were, they were setting the innovation agenda for the Launch Academy by coming up with their own challenges that needed to be solved. And then, and then we were helping them to find companies that could solve those. So, there was yeah there was the wider benefit for the for the sponsors and and for the uh, UK supply chain as a whole. And Ralph, presumably with with Footfor having an industry advisory group. Yeah, that's correct. And um, to elaborate on the kind of regional approach that I touched on earlier, the um, each of the we kind of run the program in waves in different regions, and and the scope of products and services that we choose to put through that is very much based on regional opportunity. So yeah, the benefit to industry in terms of the you know return on investment into the program, it's not a kind of arbitrary selection of you know capable and competent organisations that come out the end of the program. It's very much about making sure that what is fed into the program in terms of products and service providers is uh, is very much related to the subsequent opportunity for those organisations when they come out. So it's quite uh, again, it's a, you know a very kind of cost-effective way for the industry to support organizations because it's picking organizations that provide is you know where there's clear opportunity and because of the time scales that we have with developing delivering offshore renewable energy projects you know we're, we're they're working with quite long time horizons uh, you know programs procurement programs that last many many years um, so we can you know we can reasonably induct organizations into this program and put them through over 12 or 18 months on the understanding, you know, that there's, you know, there's real credible project opportunities in a particular region associated with that at the outset. So yeah, it works well uh, for the industry um, in that respect. And, and as, and as both Andrews have touched on, you know, the whole scope is very much tailored to the industry. Um, you know, there's obviously various broader accreditations that organizations can get. Uh, they're broad in terms of they work across all industries, but very focused in what they look at. So, you know, all the ISO accreditations, but, this is a bit of a hybrid. It's focused on the industry, but the scope is quite holistic. I mean, I think that's a really good point that Ralph's brought up about you know, how the sector deal has, has really been an enabler for a lot of these programmes to, to develop. And the, the, the sector deal's provided the forums, it's provided the, the, the focus for the, the sector to, to really show that it's maturing um, and, and developing and, and able to take a, a 
wider view of what the overall industry needs. And I think these, these programs, you know, very much fall out of that, a, that philosophy and the, those discussions very much, you know, in all cases, we've got strong industry buy-in, we've got strong a, advisory groups and uh, uh, recommendations from industry, which I think works, you know, very much to, to provide the, uh, the developers and the turbine OEMs with what they need in terms of developing a, a successful sector, but they also provide uh, SMEs and smaller companies with a very, very clear steer on, on what's needed. So it's, it's very much a win-win-win situation that we're seeing these, these programs uh, come out of. What are the mistakes or pitfalls that you see SMEs falling into? Um, do you have any advice for, for SMEs in the sector to help them, to help them grow? Um, what, what do you see as the key problems and, or the key factors that could make them successful and how can we help? It's not all about the technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, see, we see this time and time again. Uh, I've actually spent some time with an investor and um, I've seen a huge number of pitches uh, over the last few years. One of the major issues I see with a lot of enthusiastic, entrepreneurial, innovative companies is that they focus so much on the technology and the business side slips and they don't have the right governance structure in place. They don't, they're not selling the benefits of the product. They're only selling the technology um, in terms of their pitch. And yeah, you just see, you just see it's, it's a classic scenario where you just see uh, yeah, a company who's so wrapped up in their own technology development that they're not, they're not seeing the wider pic and bigger picture. And for you know, the end users, the big sector primes in our sector, they need to buy from companies who are going to be here for a while, who are sustainable, well-governed, good, well-structured businesses, um, because they want to buy a product that they can continue to buy um, or a service or, or whatever. And so the, the, the classic error is to, to let that stuff slide because it's, it's not as exciting as, as the innovation. And so you know, I always try and urge um, companies that we're working with to really start looking at the business side and to to get yourself ready because it is a it is a major transition to go from being an R&D type business to a commercial fully commercial business selling a product or service into into this um, heavy industry. I'd agree with with everything Andrew said there would the, the one point I'd probably uh, bring out or, or add to that is that I think companies need to be very clear on what they're what they're trying to do and not to try to do too much. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of companies try to do too many different things at once and uh, th that's a challenge for them. So I'd say, you know, be very clear on what your a, uh, USP is, what your unique selling point is and then how you're going to uh, deliver that. My caveat to that is that you, you need to follow Andrew's advice and, and, and think the business side as well and be, be prepared to change or to pivot what you're doing if the business circumstances require you to do that. So it should be focused, but, but be flexible at the same time. Yeah, I think, um, I guess having worked with organizations primarily in the Fit for Offshore Renewables program that are outside of the renewable industry and, and looking to trans, transition into it, it's, it's very interesting being exposed to a whole range of views on you know, what is and isn't achievable and, um, you know, in terms of cost and timescales and the like. and um, I think the organizations that have been successful in, in entering the sector and then being successful as have entered this, 
entered the sector with an, with an open mind um, and, and kind of reserved judgment on what is and isn't achievable, you know, until they, they really understand things and they understand what's driving cost reduction and, and, and have a good understanding of the scale and, and the rate of change as well. Um, uh, and I would say the companies that haven't made, um, you know, the transition successfully have maybe made made uh, decisions or, or taken a viewpoint about what is and isn't achievable at too early a stage. And as a result of perhaps, you know, not use some of the skill and experience they've got in one sector and, and use that to develop, you know, products and services or adapt products and services services that really meet the offshore renewable sectors needs um, you know which are substantially different in some way from other sectors so yeah I would just encourage organizations to be quite open-minded about uh, the sector and learn as much as they can about what is what the sector's needs are how it's changing how it's developing and then maybe focus more on the, their core kind of competence as a business in terms of skill and experience and, and worry slightly less about the current state of their products and services because especially if you're coming in from an, you know an industry like oil and gas you're probably going to have to take the products and services that you have at the moment and adapt them and develop them in some way maybe make them more complex more advanced but maybe make them simpler um, and, and radically cheaper as a result um, so yeah just uh, encourage organizations to keep an open mind and, and learn a lot in as you know as quickly as they can before they take a view on um yeah on, on how best to engage with the sector and um yeah and and, and how achievable success is for, for that organization there's been quite a lot of talk and discussion in the industry about net zero and how how we achieve net zero by 2050 how do you guys feel these programs contribute to the uk achieving these targets yeah i think if we're going to meet these ambitious targets uh Offshore wind is going to have to continuously prove itself and and keep coming down the the cost um, trajectory. If we're going to have uh, 50 gigawatts by 2050, um, we will want um, yeah we 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 would we would anticipate that there'll be a number of innovations um, along the way to to improve the efficiency of of the industry. And um, you know I would expect that some of the companies coming through. The Launch Academy will be um, producing some of the innovations that will that will help our, our wind farms um, of the future and, and will help us deliver on on these hugely ambitious targets. You know, without those innovations, then you know we the industry would stagnate and the costs would stay relatively stagnant. So I think uh, yeah, I think we're always you know looking for the next breakthrough technology that will make a material difference to our sector. And, you know, that would that would impact not only the UK industry, but the global industry. Yeah, I mean, I guess just commenting across all three of the programmes, I mean, I, I think it's a real sign of maturity in the offshore wind industry that, you know, we've come together and put together, you know, a sector deal which which outlines conceptually at least, you know, real industrial strategy. So a, a sector working, you know, hand in hand with government to deliver you know, industrialization, um, you know, in, in a way uh, that, you know, that, that helps the government get to where it needs to be and, and us all to get to where we need to be from net zero. So, you know, I think it's a fantastic sign of maturity. And these programs are, you know, are just a, 
you know, an, an element of that. They're a very efficient way of an industry directing resources, you know, where they're best suited. Um, you know, the, we can't just expect organizations and businesses and, and new businesses, um, you know, to develop, um, you know, of their own accord, completely unhindered in, in an efficient and timely manner. So, you know, having these programs that are, you know, that have been developed specifically to accelerate the commercialization process or accelerate the journey on becoming increasingly competitive or, or directing products and services exactly where they're needed, you know, is, is you know, it's a, just a very efficient way for the industry to make sure that it makes as, as rapid a progress as it, as it can do. I think to the point that Andy McDonald made you know the offshore wind industry has has uh, surprised um a lot of people in in the speed with which it's managed to industrialize and, and drive costs down um uh, and i think that's going to be a huge part of how we hit net zero but it's also a huge opportunity for the organizations within the industry and the, the countries which have led the charge to make sure that they not only deliver on net zero but also make that a hugely successful economic venture uh, for those organizations so yeah hopefully it's an example to some of the other low carbon industries you know about how they can mobilize you know resources within their industry and and, and within government to to it to accelerate the kind of industrialization of their industries for everyone's benefit andy ralph and andrew thank you so much for taking part in today's episode it's now time to de-energize until next time you can find out more about the Launch Academy and Fit for Offshore Renewables programmes by following us on Twitter at ORE Catapult and visiting our website ore.catapult.org.uk. For more information on the OWGP or the Offshore Wind Group Partnership, please visit their website at owgp.org.uk and follow us on Twitter at OWGPUK. We'll be back this time next month, so make sure you subscribe.